Hello, everyone. We are live. All right, so I have some real quick news right now. Chris, my co-host, is stuck on the CTA on the red line. As you all know, if you're living in Chicago, it's been going through a lot of crazy stuff this week on the red line. So he's just going to come walk in and join once he gets here. So as for now, you're listening to Talk Soccer to Me with your host, Bella Michaels. Chris Gates will be tuning in soon. So today we're going to be talking, as usual, top European soccer news. We're going to talk Prem. We're going to talk Catabao Cup. We're going to talk La Liga, Serie A, all this fun stuff for you guys. So for those of you that watched the FIFA Football Awards, we're going to talk winners and losers, best and worst moments. First, let me start with a moment where I just thought, just a little little aspect of the FIFA, FIFA Football Awards, I think the hosts could have been much better. The selection of the hosts was a little interesting to me. I love Hullet. I think that was a great, great choice. But there were certain moments where you could see that they weren't really well prepared or they were stuttering on their words, especially Laria D'Amico. It was, I don't know, it just seemed rough. And just watching back to that and reading the comments as well from all the soccer fans, seeing the host, they all said FIFA needs to find better hosts. So with that, you know, you definitely need to find better hosts, FIFA. So that's just me saying that right there. Um, I will ask Chris once he gets here what he thinks about that. But with the winners, Daniel Sori, who won the Puskas Award, what do you guys think about that? I'll be reading your comments to those of you responding. But Jill Ellis wins Best Woman's Coach for FIFA's Best. And I definitely agree with that. There is no other better option um, for that award. And something really interesting about Jill Ellis, she is actually what she mentioned a little earlier is that she would be open to making a possible switch to the men's team, which is incredible. I think that that would probably be a very good option for someone like that to be coaching our men here in the United States. As we all know, they've been struggling. They have not reached success the way that our women's team has. And maybe Jill Ellis can spark some of that and lead them to that light. Now, one of my favorite award winners of the night, as you all probably already know, Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp, I mean, he won best coach, which I totally agree with. Why wouldn't he? I really, truly think he is one of the best managers that there are because the way he has just his, his, pers- his personality, his philosophy on and off the field with his players He knows when to get serious. He knows when to joke around, even though he jokes around a lot with his players. They can come to him for those things, and he's very understanding. And it really makes me sad that he can possibly, you know, he's been talking lately about the him being open to Steven Gerrard being, you know, the, oh, and there's Chris. Let me just real quick. For those of you watching... Chris is about to walk in. I had to grab my my phone and lift it up. But as I was talking, Jurgen Klopp, you know, he's open about Steven Gerrard taking over Liverpool. And we, right when you start hearing a manager start talking about being open to someone else coaching the team, you know they're they're close. All right, you guys, Chris is here. I told them about your about your issues with the CTA. My yeah. my poor friend just walked all the way from the lake stop. The lake. Yeah. It's not too bad, but he had to walk. So he is back. We are here live. Let's do 
I'm going to fill you in on what I was talking about. I kicked off. You only missed like a couple minutes of FIFA football awards. Winners and losers, best moments, all that kind of stuff. So with that being said, I'm trying to figure out where to position this for people to see both of us. But I don't know if that's like gonna gonna work. All right, whatever. So basically, um, I said the hosts, I want to see your opinion on this. The hosts um, are going to be basically, I just think they should have been chosen better. I didn't like the hosts of the FIFA. I, I love Hula as a player. He did better than than D'Amico um, because she had many times where she just stumbled or was just talking in a way where it, was, it just sounded very staged or like mechanically just not natural. Full disclosure, I didn't watch the awards live. I only saw like clips and highlights. Okay. Um, so I didn't see that much of the hosts themselves. I saw a lot of Jurgen Klopp content, which right. is, of course, always what I'm after. But uh, what, what about them what was off? Just no chemistry? Um, it's not even the chemistry part of it. It's more so about them, just the way they were presenting. When you have a host, the host carries the whole feel and vibe of, of the entire event. And just from the start, the way that... I mean, Hula, he did good, I think. I think it was more more so Ilaria D'Amico that I, I was just trying, like, she was talking in a very, you know, awkward way. She had moments where she just paused a lot or she just goes like, oh, sorry. And then, you know, because she can't read what's on the teleprompter or whatever was going on. But as you see, for those of you who are tuning in, go to YouTube, pull it up and look at all the comments. All the fans are like, wow, FIFA needs to find better hosts. Yikes. Yeah, so even like the athletes sitting there, there's certain shots in the crowd after like a sort of like joke or whatever pun that they were trying to throw in there. They're just like having like faces where it's like, hi, they're like trying to laugh and make it seem fun. Anyways, moving on. I mentioned Jill Ellis possibly talking about, you know, in her future switching over to the men's, which I think would be a really good choice. Yeah, well, it would be fantastic right. uh, to have, I think, a coach like her at a top level. Of course. I'm not like when she discussed switching over to the men's side, did she mm-hmm. give any more detail as to as she, to what teams? I mean, the U.S. men's national team could certainly use her with with the luck or right. lack thereof they've had. Right, which is exactly what I was years. saying. So the, we, that would be amazing for the switch because um, they're. They're, they've obviously been struggling. It's it's no it's nothing that I'm like surprising you guys with right now. So that would be awesome with her set of of coaching skills and and what she's brought to the women's national team to carry that over and bring it to the men so that we can possibly see success on their end. But you walked in when we were talking when I was talking about our favorite man, Jurgen Klopp. No, oh, my favorite man of any <laughs> man. Yes, anywhere. Yeah. What about him? So how he won best coach. So um. That was just gorgeous. I was very happy about yeah, that. As you should. Exactly. You should. Um, it was very good. So, And then now moving on to the other Best Player Awards. This is where the controversy sparks within my heart because I recognize Messi as one of the best players in the world, arguably the best, you know. And then Virgil van Dijk, who was a, you know, one of the – people who who was of course you know i just i just think that of course big verge is who i wanted to win and so i was upset but yesterday or the day before he did win uefa men's 
player of the year. So um, that actually at least made me happy. So now the the Ballon d'Or is up up in the air. Who 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 do you want? Obviously, I obviously want Virgil to win. I don't know. I could see him winning. He he's won UEFA Men's Player of the Year, and really, what better? Um, I mean, UEFA is is the pinnacle of the club game, and there were no real major international tournaments this year. I think Modric. Uh, won it last year. Yes. Based largely because of his. It was the first time in Croatia. 10 years that Messi and Ronaldo, or Ronaldo didn't win that award. And that's why I think it's crucial that Van Dyke wins it because mm-hmm. nevertheless, he deserves it. And we want to see a different player yeah. win. I mean, Modric won it last year because he won the Champions League and made it to the. Took Croatia to the World Cup final, which was an yeah. unbelievable run. So Virgil doesn't really have that international uh, success to bank on. Mm-hmm. Did they? No, Portugal won the Nations League back in June, that mini tournament they had. Yep. Um, I mean, I he's already won UEFA Men's Player of the Year. For me, that tells me all I need to know. Exactly, and you're right with saying that. So I, I think it's... Going back to Messi winning that best player, FIFA's best, um, Rapino won for best woman, with which I agree with. That was that was a yeah. good good call. I saw a picture of uh, Rapino with Jurgen Klopp after the awards. Ceremony. That was it. Was really something to see. It really was. Um, and then an ag- something I was also in agreement with: Allison Becker winning best goalkeeper. Yep. He's he's awesome. Since since I since I loved watching him on Roma, since that moment, I've I've expected him to be winning these types of awards and achievements because he is one of the best. Yeah, I mean, when they signed him for the fee that they did, I will admit, I was skeptical of signing a goalkeeper to that kind of fee, but mm-hmm. he's made up for it in every way. Absolutely, and of course, right now he's right. down with an injury, but and Adrian has been doing a good yeah, job. Adrian I think. has has really been filled in filled the shoes well, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more when we talk about yeah when we talk the about Prem. Match. For those of you just tuning in, we are talking FIFA football awards. Stay tuned; we will be talking Prem later, La Liga, all the other top leagues in Europe as we usually do, and then. And the, later on, towards the end of the show, Chris with his lower leagues in oh, England. Oh, of course, of course. So as we were saying, Adrian had big shoes to fill because Becker isn't just any other type of goalie. He is mm-hmm. the best, as FIFA just declared, and we totally agree with. So Adrian so, has been doing good. We'll talk about that later. But moving on to one other piece of top news that, that's, that's been lurking before yeah, we move on to Prem. This what are your thoughts? Before before we go into that, let me just inform the people who don't know. Sheffield United's owner recently said that he would be highly offended if someone um, dared basically put a blemish on the Bin Laden family name. And he said that he so, would be very open to having them have shares in Sheffield United. Thoughts? Well, it's certainly a name with uh, plenty of blemishes everybody definitely. knows that definitely when you read into it more um that family did disown the the one 
notable son they did. many years ago. Um, but, yeah, the Sheffield United's new owner essentially has strong business ties with them. He said they almost bought the club personally, so it's kind of an interesting uh Exactly. It's very interesting when you look at it because it's like as a, as a Sheffield United fan, you're, you have mixed feelings about this just because of the name. And I get where the owner is coming from, but it's a little... It's a little out there. It, it, certainly, you would expect uh, a backlash. Of course. W- w- from with anything like that. Of course. But um, no one's even talking about it. So the fact that this is where Sheffield United fans sort of um, have that trouble. But, you know, they just made it back into the Prem. They, they have other things to focus on. They just got promoted. So it's like, I guess for now, we'll just leave it at that. Just thought you guys should know about that. For those of you that didn't know or hadn't read about it. That's what's going on with the Sheffield United owner. But now, moving on to our favorite Premier League. It was a big, it was a big uh, Sunday in London. Definitely. For whatever reason, the Premier League chose to schedule four games in London on Sunday, and all of them, kind of with teams involving each other, Liverpool and Man United paired in the same city on the same right. day. Um, right. Wolves and Aston Villa paired in the same city on the same day. So interesting. Arsenal and West Ham at home on the same day. So, like, many groups of fans that do not care for each other. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of fears of potential fights in the London Underground or in London train stations. Um, on Sunday, as far as I could hear, nothing like that really happened. So it's always good when you can avoid that. But it's interesting to see it really all those is. clubs in town on the same day. And the first... Match of the day, West Ham uh, shocked us. What do you have to say about that game? Well, good for West Ham. You know mm-hmm. they, um, they really, I think controlled the controlled the game and they did. United just continue their steady unraveling, which for a Liverpool fan is nice to see. It's nice to see, definitely. <laughs> speaking from our bias, being that both Chris and I are Liverpool fans. It's interesting. (laughs) Implicit bias, indeed. Liverpool, though, moving on to our team. Game of the day. Just amazing. They they they're doing great on the fact that they're still you know they remain undefeated in their games. But with that game with Chelsea, the second half, I just really think that Chelsea started taking more control, and Liverpool could have done much better towards the second half of that game during the weekend. Well, that's certainly true, but. It seemed like a league winner's type of win. I can it think did. of many other many other seasons where Liverpool may have ended that game in a 2-2 draw or even ended up losing that one. Right. Um, their only goals came off of set pieces, which were incredible Beautiful. set pieces. And Trent, I remember when Trent oh, stepped Trent. up to the spot. In, I mean, it was pretty early. I want to say it was 15th minute or so. Yes. He stepped to, up to the spot, and I was watching it, and I said out loud, oh, he couldn't. And, of course, he did. Um, of course he did. Trent is the cheekiest player in Prem, I believe, with his offset pieces. Come on, think back to that really corner kick that he up had. The, the notable set pieces in the last few months, hasn't he? He has. And then Firmino with a beautiful header later on oh, to make course. it. Oh, of course. He strikes again. Exactly. Always reliable. Firmino, as we said last week in our last show, he is the 
amazing player that you want on your team, on any team, and being that he is the highest scoring Brazilian player in, in Premier League, he he just always provides. And when he does provide, he doesn't just do it and then, you know, it's, it's a nice little assist to get to get the goal. He does it in the classiest, fanciest way possible with really some does. nice footwork. Oh, absolutely. Bobby Firmino, we should, you know what? I'm putting on put the, the chant. Put the chant on in the background as I'm we continue putting the chant on. to uh, review this game. The second half, Indeed. Chelsea definitely um, brought the pressure and took it to Liverpool. They uh, scored. Mm-hmm. Conte's goal was, I have to say, outstanding. Oh, um, beautiful. The way he kind of just danced in and absolutely struck it from far out. Yes. Um, and so Chelsea pressured. They had that one disallowed goal earlier in the game but I think what made that win special for Liverpool was that they were able to hang in there under tight circumstances and of course for those of you on live we're playing Bobby Firmino's chant I'm sure you this was sung all the way up the, all the way up the west line from London oh, to Liverpool the entire two and a half hours on the way home um so yeah, another win for Liverpool. What's their streak at now? Nine. Uh, including last season or just this Including season? last season, I believe. Including last they're season is 23. Record. Yeah, they're chasing record right now. Right. Um, so right now Liverpool is on a 23-game um, defeatless, if that's a word, defeatless streak, basically, and it's, it's just beautiful. Um, I'm going to keep this except chant the, on until it ends. Except for the Napoli uh, game, of course, but... In the Premier yeah, League, right? Yeah, yeah, in the Premier League. In the Premier League, we're talking right now, um, which is good you mentioned that. We had to clear that up for people. In the Premier League right now, they, you know, defeatless. So that's just beautiful. And but then, as you said, we're going to move on to the, to the Emirates. Yes. Back and forth there with Aubameyang. What do you have yeah. to say about that? As the Liverpool game was going on, they, they kept giving updates. Obviously, it was on at the same time, so I was watching Liverpool-Chelsea mm-hmm. instead. Um but Aston Villa kept jumping ahead. Arsenal were down to 10 men. It looked pretty bleak for them. It looked like Arsenal were going to come into the Emirates and steal three points. But mm-hmm. give credit where credit's due. Arsenal equalized in, I think, the 80th minute, and Aubameyang followed right up. So they get a nice 3-2 win with 10 men, which isn't easy to do. It's Aston Villa, but Aston Villa's hung tight with some of the big teams. Aston Villa have actually had... Kind of a lot of late, disappointing losses. I remember mm-hmm. they were ahead at Spurs. Um, they were ahead in this game. So, so some disappointing turns of Definitely. events for the. What are they nicknamed? I think they're just called themselves. They call themselves the villains. <laughs> the villains. One t- Champions League winners. May I remind you, Aston Villa, at one point. Um, Indeed. Very historic club, but. They were not so fortunate. Indeed. On Sunday. Let's move on to Chelsea. Before we take, once we're done talking, Prem, we're going to take a quick break because I forgot to mention our show got bumped to an hour. So now it is no longer just 30 minutes. Oh, you yes. get a whole fun a hour with wonderful your two hour favorite was, people. Oh, yeah. It's um, more time than anyone wants to spend with me. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I enjoy spending time with you, and so do the listeners. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so. Basically, what we're going to say before before we um, close off Prem, uh, we got a couple other points to make. Chelsea, something I definitely want to talk about, Pulisic. Christian Pulisic, 
he's one, he's not getting the playing time that we expected once once someone like Eden Hazard moved over to Real Madrid. We looked at it as, oh, okay, we're this guy's going to get some more playing time now that he's gone. You know, it's going to be a little more fresh faces. No. Also, his playing whatsoever has not really given much yeah, reason really to fling Frank Lampard to really play him, as we saw in the in the Carabao Cup, which we will talk about um, later after the break. He he played and against Grims was it Grimsby Grimsby Town Grimsby yeah. yeah. So against Grimsby, he the way you see him making those runs, but you also see a lack of passes from his teammates to him and a lack of finishing. Despite you know the the assist that he had later, what was it second half? I believe. I believe so. Yeah, but a player like him, who who had this big deal with Chelsea, you're thinking it's going to be a breakthrough American player. He's going to bring so much pride to us, you know, people in in the United States, and he does. But but he hasn't really been performing well enough for Frank Lampard to want to play him. It's interesting you mentioned the American aspect. I think that's um, the first thing people think when they think about Christian Pulisic, and is mm-hmm. that pressure perhaps hurting him or is it overrating him is he it's overrating him I don't believe it's hurting him because is the fact that there's a potentially world-class just the fact that there's a potentially world-class American player in mm-hmm. his prime for the first time mm-hmm. ever I think is exciting a lot of people of course um, but he hasn't backed that up with uh, with his performances. And that's what we're saying. Someone like Christian Pulisic, I'm sorry, it, uh, the pressure that revolves around him being the you know from the United States, player on Chelsea with this big deal, that should be his motivation, if anything. And it's only making the him overrated. Of, the pride of Hershey FC. Yeah, but his youth club, Hershey FC. Yes, in a very small town. Um, um, but the, the By thing, the way... Well, you can finish your point, then I'll he, say something. Just to finish off, he he is that is making him overrated. He's not taking that fuel and make and putting it into his game. Then you can argue, oh, is that like pressure? Every soccer player, every athlete in Europe has pressure on them. So I just really I mean, think, I think that he's overrated right now. He's not I think performing. There's no other way to put it. Um you know, think about. I think a fair comparison to him would maybe be Harry Wilson. Yeah. Liverpool have him out on loan mm-hmm. at Bournemouth this season, I believe. Harry Wilson, you know, very promising young winger, as mm-hmm. I think Pulisic is. Mm-hmm. But Pulisic's status is this potential American superstar, the guy that's going to save soccer exactly. in the U.S., uh, is asking a lot of him. Exactly. And he is not giving. He's not giving people, you know, really a reason to, to, to believe that of him anymore. And I know it's soon not. to talk about it, but it but it simultaneously isn't soon to talk about it. It just depends on where if you want to admit the fact that, oh, we really had higher hopes of him and he's not really performing. He isn't. Frank Lampard, I'm not going to complain about his decisions because he's right. He needs to put the player on the field that's going to give him those goals and create those plays. And and Pulisic hasn't been proving himself. So well, you want to talk about um, changed expectations? The Chelsea fans were apparently applauding their team after the after a two one loss to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had said four years ago that Chelsea fans would be applauding mm-hmm. a loss at home to Liverpool, I mean that would be unthinkable. 
Um, right. it, it that club has somehow only two years out from winning the Premier League has degraded into into something less than they once were. Exactly, and um, it's sad. It it is sad. Well, it's not. We can't be too sad, but um, <laughs> they're going through transition as our Man United. Um, yeah, yeah. It it. I think it is sad though for Chelsea fans. Well, if you're a Chelsea fan, it certainly is. Yeah, well, we're not going to be talking from have, from our perspective because yeah. Liverpool, as Liverpool fans, we're very happy. How the mighty have fallen. Um, <laughs> one thing about Christian Pulisic, his youth club Hershey FC. You're trash. <laughs> I don't like Hershey FC. They're a rival. <gasps> oh, shots fired are, from Chris. They are a rival of my uh, hometown local club oh. in the. Chris national, is from Jersey. Yes, in the National Premier Soccer League, is in the fourth tier of American soccer. Oh. Uh, in my local club, FC Motown. Big <laughs> rivals. Big rivals with Hershey FC in the, I believe the Keystone Conference. Um. I think Motown are going to do the double on Hershey FC this year. You heard it here first. Wow, you guys heard it here first. You definitely did. So Chris, shots fired at Hershey FC <laughs> because he is a <laughs> uh, an advocate of Motown. FC right? Motown. FC Motown. Beautiful name. Jersey I'm gonna, Pride. You gotta if you bring some merch of FC oh, Motown, I'll walk around and, and rep it. All right, I'll, I'll rep it if you provide some to our our staff of Talk Soccer to me. <laughs> Our two-person Our staff. Our extensive staff. Yeah. We'll give it to one of the interns. Yeah, I mean, exactly. The interns and the two-person staff, but you've got to include all of my personalities. And, and No, I'm joking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Okay. So, Bernardo Silva scores a hat-trick in a thrilling game this past weekend where oh, Man boy. City literally demolished yeah. Watford. Uh, it was 8-0. 8-0. I, I heard this... I like to um, sometimes listen it's to chants at, from the weekend. Right. And, they're, you know, I have my feelings about Man City, but fair play to their, to their fans. They're chanting, Definitely. At, they're chanting at the Watford fans. It was uh, ridiculous. Who put, who put the ball in the Watford net? Half <laughs> your team did. Or half our team did. I wonder if we can find the chant to the, put it on. There's some, uh, I think some there's some bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. But that was the general gist of it. So for those of you tuning in to Radio DePaul Sports, we're about to go into a quick break. You are listening to Talk Soccer to Me with your host, Bella Michaels and Chris Gates. We have been talking Prem, our favorite league. Um, right now we're talking about the demolition of Watford. 8-0. Yeah, 8-0. Nil, nil. Man City, they, just brilliant. I guess they were mad about their loss at Norwich because they really... It de- they definitely back. took it out. And I feel bad because Watford, you know, had nothing to do with that, that... That loss, but Bernardo Silva, it was a great game for him with his hat trick. Beautiful yeah, performance. Outstanding player. But Can't deny that. But off the pitch, he he did something pretty interesting on Twitter. That was not good at all. It was it was definitely not good. It was it was an interesting situation though because later, once he deleted that tweet um, regarding his teammate, uh, people took it as racist, and I I. It's hard not to. Right, it's hard <laughs> not to. It's hard it. for me to say, okay, it's not, but he did say that um, in his tweet afterwards. He's like, you know, man, I can't even make a joke anymore with your with your own friend these days. So it's it's a give and take in that situation, yeah. depending I mean, on their friendship dynamic. Maybe, but, you know, maybe it was a joke between the right. two of them. 
Um, But when you're a professional athlete with that kind of following, Mm -hmm. it's not just between two people. Exactly, because you are choosing to open that up to all of your fans on Twitter. It would be one thing if he was, you know, texting that in the the Man City team group me. Uh, And then Pep Guardiola reports them. (laughs) But... Oh, Agu- too good. Sergio Aguero has left the chat. Right. Um, it's it's pretty interesting. But you have a responsibility. And that, I mean, anyone who sees that tweet, it's it's very blatant. Um, so Bernardo Silva, you know, be more careful, I would say. Um, just a quick shout out to my uh, former employers, B in Sports. Um, they told me that if I don't say hello, I'd, well, what a... Who's this clown? So actually, my former coworkers from BN Sports are trolling each other or someone or me. I don't know. On on this on this chat, they're going back and forth. So hello from Chris and I. I miss you guys. I hope everything is going great over at BN Sports. I see a yay from Daniela. Heart, heart, heart. Hearts to you, girl. Hearts to everyone. Paulina. We I love you guys, Jennifer. I miss you too, Federico. Chris Hot. So, uh, oh my God, I almost just said his username, which is inappropriate to say on Radio to Call Sports, but he said you're hot, Chris. Rick. Well, that's um, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, he says thank, thank you, Rick. You, Hold Rick. on, let me get you saying thank you to him. Uh, where's my nephew? Oh my gosh, Federico, I'll bring Dale over. Should we, uh, thank you, Rick. Uh, <laughs> should we? Take a break here and then. Yeah, we're going to take a break now um, after this interesting little stray from our show. Yeah, shout out BN Sports. I'm going to go back to talk to Chris about more Man City stuff. Much more to talk about. Yeah. Bundesliga, La Liga. Right. We're going to take a quick break, a couple minutes. Stay tuned, you guys. We will be back.
are back, guys, but we're gonna give a few seconds to this beautiful Virgil van Dyke chant in Madrid back during the Champions League final. I wish I was there so bad. I know. I was looking at. Our you know what, Chris? We're gonna make we're gonna make a request to Radio Nepal Sports to give us credentials to go cover to Istanbul. <laughs> to Istanbul. If you guys all on Instagram <laughs> and all you listeners on Radio Depal Sports tune in and chip in on like this petition. Yeah, if you uh, yeah, Venmo exists. Yeah, so. Venmo. Exactly. We're gonna have to create like a talk soccer to me Venmo. Chris and I will be live. Live show from Istanbul. You guys want May to see 2020. It. Yeah, and we'll if we, we can, will do whatever you guys want. I'm not sure how the uh, Turkish... Abbas is listening. So, Abbas, you're making this happen as the general manager of Radio Depal Sports. You will be sending Chris and I over to Istanbul for the Champions League final. Oh, he's, we, got a, we got a solid no. He says no now. He's going to want to take no us. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Oh, maybe Jake will convince him. Oh, look, oh, look at counting. that. He's, he's counting. counting his money. Send us over. Aww. All of those $13, we're doing it. There's some cheap oh, airlines in Jake, here. Jake is chipping in. If oh, each, but imagine if all our, of our listeners and our followers on social media chip in that 13 bucks. We are Istanbul I'm not sure. I'm not sure how Turkish broadcast regulations work. It uh, should be fine. I'm not sure if we'd be allowed to. If I, I bring my BN Sports credentials, would that work? Don't insult, <laughs> don't insult President Erdogan on the air. I guess that's the that's the message. But uh, all right. Yeah. Virgil Van Dyke did not play in Milton Keynes yesterday, but Liverpool did. He did not. And, and as won. we close in on Virgil Van Dyke not playing, I have stopped his chant because I uh, think it's disrespectful for me to continue <laughs> speaking over Big yeah, Bird. Such such a such piece a of art. Such a glorious piece of art. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, League Cup few notable results. Liverpool yeah. won 2-0 very easily against MK Dons, playing mm -hmm. none of their starters at all. Um, I thought a really good game from Harvey Elliott. Definitely. He's only 16. I think that shows us that he needs to go out on loan to maybe a championship or Scottish uh, club. So he can get more playing time, kind of refine his game, um, because he looked really good. Goals from, I believe, Milner and Keejan Hervert. It was her. <sighs> I think it's Hervert. Yeah, I draw a blank on his name. Here, let me look. Keejan Hervert. I'm definitely botching that pronunciation. My Dutch is not existing. I'm learning Dutch. Um, it's ho I don't Herver. know if it would be think, Hoiver or Hoover. I think you pronounce that O-E like an er, but I could be wrong. Herver. Possibly. I'm going to have to check up on that because... I need to know. I'm learning Dutch. I need to perfect my Dutch. So, uh, yeah, pretty standard win for Liverpool. No real surprises there. Yeah, 2 I'm glad MK Don's lost. I do not like that club at all for reasons that I could go into at another time. Okay. Um, so I was glad to see them beat them. Uh, Tottenham, <laughs> a pretty terrible loss to Colchester, I believe. Colchester oh, United Tottenham. in yeah. penalties. I mean, they weren't playing any of their starters. So if you're a Tottenham fan, I really don't think that's anything to worry about. But fans are mad after this result. And of course. Now there's some doubt over Pochettino's future. Okay. Po interesting thing about Pochettino, I want to say, because this has been um, 
trending news right now. Pochettino, is he a new Mourinho? People are trying to, you know, start making comparisons. Obviously, he is not nearly as um, outspoken and, and, and you know, flamboyant as Mourinho in the That's ways where he's... Say it, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but he is starting to have more of a voice over things, and he is starting to get more... I don't know. It's just been interesting lately to see that. So, I don't know. I, w- I mean, I don't think it's fair to call for a manager's head so to speak after a loss in the league cup i don't even think the league cup should exist it only exists it's pointless it only exists to give teams like um oh my god i'm totally blanking out who did tottenham beat like colchester colchester it exists to give teams like colchester home game a sellout crowd um and an experience for their fans but i think it waters down competition it you know it gives a chance for younger players to play sure exactly um but but going you finished with that by the time teams make it to the latter stages of that competition they're putting their starters in again it just seems like too many games in the schedule Jurgen Klopp always talks about how these players play too many Mm -hmm. games and this is a perfect example of I think England and France are the only two countries in Europe um, with two and not one domestic cup competition. I think the FA Cup is fine. I think it has great potential. Mm-hmm. But I think the League Cup actually serves to water down the FA Cup. Because by the time you get That's to... That's a good way to put it. By the time you get to the FA Cup, you think, oh, here's just another domestic cup. When the FA Cup is the only domestic cup, it makes it that much more special. Yeah. So when people talk about why has the FA Cup lost its magic... I, th- I think look no further than this. Great words by Chris just now. He he made a really good point, and I actually really agree with you on that. I I don't think that this League Cup has any meaning. It's, it's I'm sorry, too much. The, uh, the Carabao Cup. The Carabao for Cup, For sponsorship yeah. reasons. Right. It's it's just it's a little ridiculous. You're, you're putting way too much strain on these athletes. They have much more important things to be worrying about, as you said. So half the time, they're not even going to be playing their real talent. So there's there's not much in it really for any of these teams that actually have something going for them throughout the season. As you said, it's for teams like Colchester and the smaller ones. But we were talking about Pochettino, and I'm going to use this as a transition to move over to La Liga. And some of you may be like, why? What does Pochettino have to do with La Liga? But actually a lot right now because it's in the talks that Real Madrid is targeting him along with the Spurs, Christian Eriksen, who's been very open about him not wanting to be there anymore and not signing a new contract. And because of that being more, you know, benched and not having playing time. So they're already in the talks of which, you know, ESPN and other people have been reporting that Christian Eriksen is in the talks of signing a pre-contract with Real and that they will be targeting Pochettino as the new manager trying to replace Zinedine Zidane. What are your thoughts, Chris? Erickson to Madrid has been in the talks for a while now. Yeah. Um, Pochettino leaving Very Spurs suddenly. has been... I remember there were rumors Real. last year about Pochettino to Man United. Um, right. Pochettino to here, Pochettino to there. But if, Real wasn't one of the main no. contenders. I mean, it seems like for... A manager like him who has kind of had the progression that he's had in recent years. It mm-hmm. seems like kind of a natural next step. Um, 
if things continue to go south at Spurs and you know the thing about managers is you can have a great manager mm -hmm. but if you lose the dressing room if you lose a player's belief right you can only do so much so if things continue to take a turn for the worse at Spurs and I'm not saying we're anywhere near there I think discussions of Pochettino being sacked are very premature remember this is a manager that As took this most, team. As most talks about managers being sacked tend yeah. to be premature. This is a manager who took his team to their first ever Champions League final last mm -hmm. season, had a fantastic season, and he's really um, done, I would say, pr maybe proportionally just as much, maybe not as much, but I think you could draw comparisons um, from what Poch has done at Spurs to what Klopp has done at Liverpool. He's reinvigorated that club. You're right, but not to that extreme. I wouldn't compare, right. just because this is the, the Jurgen Klopp lover in me speaking, I wouldn't compare any one of those coaches, including Pep Guardiola, um, as one of the people who have cultivated the team. Because Pep Guardiola... Well, maybe Pep can uh, Pep has... get past the quarterfinals sometimes. <laughs> wow, you've been really can... taken shooting your shots today. But just to finish that sentence, Jurgen Klopp came from a lower budget at Liverpool compared to Man City under Sheikh Mansour, who has all the money in the world. And they've always been, you know, Man City has always had a higher spending budget in, in the Pep and, and Jurgen era compared to compared to Jurgen until lately because then they yeah. started spending the most last year I mean, during yeah. the summer transfer window. But that's just something that, that where, where managers... It's it's harder to to cultivate and really re re revamp a team when you don't have the budget to go with it. And Jurgen did more of it from nothing than Pep Guardiola did, and that that portrays back to when they were in Bundesliga with Bayern and Dortmund mm -hmm. as well. No, Jurgen's philosophy has always seemed to be not necessarily getting the, the biggest name players, but finding players that he can make work make in his better. teams exactly. and make them better and really inspire exactly. belief in. I mean, you look at Liverpool's team right now. I mean, Andy Robertson was playing in mm -hmm. the second division in Scotland five years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and Matip. Matip, look at free Matip. transfer. Yeah. He's been absolutely incredible. Even Virgil van Dijk, who is definitely among the best players in the world now, oh, yes. was at Celtic. I mean, he was... Always regarded as a good defender, but mm -hmm. never in that conversation. Right Trent until Alexander, he started in Southampton. I think is when he really started to mm -hmm. uh, you know flower gain up. recognition. Yeah, Trent, you know Liverpool born oh. and bred academy kid, cheekiest player. Um, Jordan Henderson. I read an article today that said before Jurgen Klopp, Jordan Henderson was average, and you remember Jordan Henderson under Brendan Rodgers, he was. Mm -hmm kind of expected to fill this role of Steven Gerrard's, exactly. the next Steven Gerrard. And I don't necessarily think Jurgen has asked that of him, I, but he's kept him as captain, but Jurgen, I think, has brought out the best in him. And he and does that with every single player that he has worked with. He just tends to bring the best out of them, and he does it in a very firm, but also just he has a softness to him in his firmness with the players because they can go to him about anything, and that's something I mentioned in the beginning of the show when I was talking that, you know, that he deserved winning best ma best coach because he he really right. is. And and Pep is up there at par with him, definitely. Just if you've watched the Man City series 
um, they he, he has a lot of that to him as well, but in different ways. So this conversation could go both ways. You are hearing it from two big Jurgen Klopp fans, so that will take effect into it. But at the same time, look, he won best coach, so it's not only coming from you know Liverpool fans. He yeah. is one of the best coaches in the world. Definitely the funniest coach in the world. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes, so yes, many great yes. moments. Beautiful. So, anyways, back to La Liga as we strayed. Of course, Jurgen finds a way to find, uh, come into every conversation. But Real remains on top. Atletico Madrid second. Bilbao third, respectively, in, in, in that. And Good Granada. Right. I'd like to see Bilbao there. Um, but Barcelona in fifth. Yeah. So it seems to be shaping up a little bit mm-hmm. towards more of uh, what we're used to. Definitely. But Barca in fifth, it's Barcelona. A, little con- a little bit concerning for them. This is a thing with them right now. Messi has been out for most of the season since it started. And now that he came back, he's out again for a thigh injury. So it's like what he was subbed out of, of his first La Liga start of the season against Villarreal. So it's like what can you be expecting? You know, their their main player has been out, that affects a team. It takes a toll on it, for sure, in, in every single team. Mm-hmm. He's he's their their soccer god. So that's going to take a toll on Barca. What other elements do you think are playing into this, you know, lack of success in the standings? I don't know. I, I think Messi is the core of that team. So you can't really make any fair judgments right. about their position in the table until he's back at full strength. So I think... For La Liga, as far as that's concerned, we'll have to wait and see. But I like to see Bilbao up there, um, mm-hmm. really competing with the best of them. Definitely. They're so a really interesting club. We're gonna have to speed it up now since we only got like five more minutes left of our show. So I'm yeah. just gonna quickly say, Serie A, Inter is up top, maintaining a perfect record-winning streak. Their fifth game this past weekend, one nil over Lazio. Juve, Atalanta, Napoli, Cagliari are trailing behind, respectively. League on. It's it's pretty basic as you can you know. Wee wee. Yeah, wee wee. I'm just gonna move on from that one. Bundesliga. I know you have some stuff to say, so fit that in before we go to your lower league. Um, Um, So RB Leipzig still at the top of Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. They've been on the rise the last few years. Is this the year that? I mean, it would be pretty shocking if we could see them Mm -hmm. knock Bayern from their their perch. Um, And Dortmund also threatening. They look like they could have a big year in the Bundesliga or the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So I think we're seeing around the leagues in Europe finally some, some competition at the top again, which is refreshing to see. For sure. And and on another uh, thing before we move on from Bundesliga, Bayern, very interesting off-the-pitch issue. They are boycott. Right. They are threatening to boycott the German national team um, if they do decide to drop Neuer. Manuel Neuer, I mean, he's That's getting older. Funny. You, you, yeah. you have to accept the fact that he will not be playing forever because Ter Stegen needs time. Neuer is one of the best ever. He's a legend for as a goalie for Germany. But I just really think that it's sort of absurd of Bayern to boycott it's and say very, we're not going to provide yeah. players to the German national team if, if you guys drop Neuer. I think it is out of hand. Well, if Bayern doesn't provide players for the German national team... They're mostly all <laughs> what's gone. What's left of the German national team? I think exactly. Bayern... Byron probably has so much power to wield mm-hmm. um, with the the Deutsche Fußballbund, which is <laughs> Love the, it. the national governing body of the sport in Germany. Yeah. Byron's definitely, like, financially, mm-hmm. um, 
things work a little different in the German league, and I think yeah. because of that, Bayern ha- has so much power over the DFB. So it would be right. very interesting. I'm interested to see how that turns out if they get their definitely their wish and in their ransom. Moving on real quick, Eredivisie. Obviously, Ajax is up top, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Go Ajax! Um, now. This is your moment, Chris. Oh, yeah. Lower league news. What's going on? Tell us all about Another it. Another lower league wrap-up. Well, mm-hmm. where we left off last week, Leeds were in the lead uh, with Swansea in second. That stays where it is because both Leeds and Swansea drew last weekend. Um, elsewhere, Charlton Athletic, who got off to a kind of a stunning start, mm-hmm. have fallen a little bit, and they're actually out of a playoff spot now. So they're going to try to get back onto level footing, and what better time to do it than tomorrow when Leeds and Charlton play. Um, So top of the league against upstart Charlton. I don't think there's any way to watch it here. Mm -hmm. If there was, I'd watch it. But um, Yeah, I'm sad that I can't watch half of these. Not tomorrow, Saturday. That's going to be an interesting one, too. See a very consequential game in the championship. Um, Bolton Wanderers, the the show's favorite League One club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so last week we were celebrating their rise to negative ten points. I'm very happy to say that with another draw last weekend, they're up to negative nine points. So good for Bolton. Uh, mm-hmm. Congratulations on your negative nine points. They are still. I think a good uh, like 11 points or so from the next team ahead of them. That's not even escaping the relegation zone. Um, In the championship, Premier League long-timers, or Premier League recents, I should say, Huddersfield and Stoke, both with just one point, they Mm -hmm. round out the bottom of the table. Um, That's really it from the lower leagues. Crew Alexandria. It's been having a good year, or Crew Alexandra, I think there's no odds. Yeah, surging in League Two. Has been having a good year in League Two. They're second in League Two. Uh, Good luck to Crew. Good luck to every lower league club. Definitely. Trying to make it in today's day and age, except for MK Dons, I don't like you. Oh, you are really riled up today. Shots fired once again from Chris. We got, you know... Against Hershey FC, go. Hershey FC and MK Dons, I yeah. want nothing to do with them. Over here, I guess we're pro FC Motown, so Yes, go we are. FC we need Motown. to get a scarf in the studio. Um, Yeah, bring one. I'll wrap it. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. So we're going to end. You will, you will hear us next week. Same time. Our show is now an hour. Do not forget, two to three every Thursday. The red line won't be delayed next week. It be, yeah, it, it will not be. Hopefully not. We can just hope. So I'm going to leave you guys with this. Thank you for listening to Talk Soccer to Me on Radio DePaul Sports with your hosts, Bella Michaels and Chris Gates. I'm waiting for this to actually tune in. But... Well... It's the you'll never walk alone. Yeah. (laughs) Woo! Thank you guys for tuning in.